everybody. Uh, the name of our podcast is... Ladies and Ida. Yeah, that's the name of our podcast. <laughs> Ladies and Ida is a singer, songwriter, ukulele player, aerialist, and professional mermaid. So thank you for being here, Madam Mermaid, Madam <laughs> Ladies and Ida. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so the way the way we start these off, we have a tradition. It's a little improv game. Uh, so it's called It's a Business. So the the way the game is played is that you have to say it's a business, and then you just say a business idea. You have to come up with it on the spot. And you know, I love to plan it out ahead of time. It can be stupid and you can ramble as much as you want. Well, it's business to train warrior ninjas. Yeah, that's desperately needed. That's actually a great idea. Right, actually, I mean, it's been a dream of mine for a long time. Yeah. This is why I'm a circus teacher. Do you have warrior ninja experience? I feel like you probably do. Well, I definitely have this like warrior spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know? That's training. So yeah. You... It says right here, it's not about waiting for the storm to pass. It's about learning to dance in the rain. Yeah. So yeah, you're kind of doing like the inner game of of the ninja skills. And then someone else will have to teach the more like slipping into the window without being heard and assassinating someone in the in the dark no no no, no need for assassinations oh, wait. for violence it's not okay. about violence it's it's really the inner the inner process of resilience okay becoming mm -hmm. an inner ninja cool mm -hmm. good yeah. all right funded boom nice actually i have you have you guys ever heard of ninjutsu yeah yeah? Yeah. I would not survive the first day of training. What is ninjutsu? So, well, ninjutsu is the actual, um, like, art form that ninjas studied. Like, the actual martial arts of uh, being able to uh, assassinate in silence and, like, operate in silence. Uh, basically, all of the real historical ninja skills falls under ninjutsu. Mm. What... Do you know what the first day of training is like? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like a cat. Yeah. I'm very much like a cat, you know? I could just walk in silently, you know? Nobody really knows it just is till I make some noise. <laughs> nice. Man, so cat, yeah. mermaid. Where did the where did the mermaid thing start? Were you born Were you born that way, or mm -hmm. did you become a mermaid later on? Well, my mom's an Aquarius, Pisces, so okay. I want to consider her one. Um, I've been swimming hmm, since the age of three. My mom would take me every week to swimming classes, and let's just say that I flew right through my swimming classes. And uh, I, I would just like go into one level and then pass it on my first day, go to the next. And in high school, I was in a diving team until, you know, I got bullied and ended up with a spinal fracture. And that's when I picked up music. 
because I, my body couldn't move anymore. So I was like, I got to do something, right? So wait, you got I, you got bullied to the extent where you had a spinal <laughs> fracture? Yeah. Or was that was that a diving accident, or did somebody like no, push no, you no, off? No, 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 I got like ganged up on. It's like shit. intentional, okay? Yeah, yeah, you know that's what happens when you're you're a fish out of water, right? So um, I quit all physical activity until I was like twenty three. I decided, hey, you know, I'm a fairy. I should probably, you know, learn to fly. And that's when I picked up on aerial silks. And aerial silks actually ended up being my physiotherapy. It uh, it actually uh, alleviated me of all of my back pains. Mm. And it's, it is, it's, so I gained flexibility, I got strong, and it was my, you know, massage therapist, <laughs> let's just say. Um, and I uh, for mermaiding, I mean, I've had dreams where I was a mermaid and um, I would have like mermaid conferences in my dreams, you know, where all the all the mers are like, you know, the ocean is dying. All of our dolphin friends and fishes are dying. There's so much pollution. What are we going to do? And we're trying to find solutions. And, um, and that's when I would wake up and I was like, what's the solution? And then I realized, well, I think a solution would be to fully incarnate my mer self and um just talk about it with the world of like you know how you know all life comes from water you know we are water protectors and uh, we are here to remind people where we come from which is water and if we don't protect it then all life as we know it is gone mm. that's that's interesting so it's actually it's a form of environmental activism do you do you Indeed. always <laughs> do you always talk about the um like like any time you're in a mermaid is does that always like a um an underlying theme? It's the forefront of uh, my mermaiding self. Actually, even like behind the scenes, like um for example, if I'm gonna have a beach day with my family or with my friends, I always bring my tail and. Uh, <laughs> You know, and I always do a run of the beach from one end to the next, and I always bring bags with me to fill up with trash. Right. You know, this last time I went um, to a place called Onion Lake, and there were like millions amongst millions of little baby tadpoles just being born. And there was just so much trash all around the shore of the beach, of, of the lake, sorry, and uh, in the water. So I'm like, okay. I cleaned up the entire shoreline of what I could and then put on my tail and I went diving for more. And I came out with like a big fat bag full of glass and aluminum and I found someone's glasses. Oh, yeah, I remember you mentioned that. Hey, I'm <laughs> curious about, cause you know, I know you teach, do you call it teaching, teach mermaiding or teaching? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, um, it's a sport. You know, mermaiding sport, you know. Like yeah, you... it's very difficult. Honestly, the idea of it sounds kind of overwhelming to me. I feel like I wouldn't do so well. But I... <laughs> I I'll I would, give you some floaties. I would, I, would, I would love to try, though. I think it's such a great, like, a, such an awesome idea. Um, and very mm -hmm. efficient, also, if you can get good at it. Um, okay. But I'm wondering if when you're teaching mermaiding to people, mm -hmm. um, if in addition to all the physical stuff they have to go through, obviously, there's a lot, probably a lot of breathing exercises, lots of physical mm -hmm. motion, things that you're doing. 
Um, do you also go over like your your vision of what we're just talking about, like mermaiding with environmentalism essentially and like how they're directly mm -hmm. connected? Do you talk yes. about that in the classes? Yes, and I do. Are, are people like surprised? Like that's, are they surprised that that's kind of coming out or they're not really explored? That well, it, it really depends on each individual's set of priorities and interests, I guess. Um, I feel like it's my mer-mandate to, you know, bring it up, <laughs> right? Um, and if not me, then who? Mm -hmm. So that's, even within the mermaid community, I'm kind of like, Ugh. because there's a lot of glitz and glam. A lot of people just get taken away by the material aspect of it, okay? So if I show you, I've got this uh, book right here. Um, it's called the Mermaid Handbook, okay? And inside, uh, you've got, you know, stories, legends, fashion, beauty, arts and culture, real mermaids and, like, other professional mermaids and and uh, food and entertainment. And to be honest, like, it's very, it's a business, you know? It's a business, and a lot of people just get taken away by the material part of it, you know? Oh, I want seashells, or I want scales, or like, I need glitter. And it's a lot of people just really want to incarnate it and look the part. And that's really cool. You know, that's definitely part of the magic. But, you know, some people just get take, too taken away by the material part of it. For example, I got really upset when there was one mermaid or merman who bought about 70 little plastic seashells. So, so that he could- Like cover himself with or to- No, to um, spread it around town for geocaching. You know? Wow, and I that was just like- very mer-like. Oh man, I, I had a word with him, but he just could not care less. And and that, that, that broke my heart. And that just gave me more like, okay, you know, makes, my mission even more pertinent because I'm seeing mers out there that um, don't seem to really care about the environment, but there's others that really are super passionate about the environment. And um, yeah, you just gotta have, you know, patience, compassion, and an understanding. It sounds like you were alluding to a little bit like history of I guess mer study, mer history, mer. Mm -hmm. Can I say that mer history? Yeah. 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 Uh, like is directly M mythology. Uh, sure. Okay. Merthology. Um, like <laughs> that's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> so I said it. But I'm like, it's directly. If you, I mean you, you, I'd love to hear a little bit about that actually, and like the kind of the beginnings of mythology, and like if anybody's going to spend all the time and resources and energy like that you spent to make this a big part of your life, it mm -hmm. seems like you would at least know at least enough about it to realize that it is interconnected with, um, you know, creation. Yeah, do you say creation? Creation. Creation. Right, mm -hmm. and like protecting of the seas and the waters and, and everything else. Mm -hmm. And and maybe briefly as you're going into that, just to kind of ground this a little bit, can you give like a basic description of what mermaiding is and like what those classes are? Because I actually, I didn't yeah. know that you taught classes in mermaiding. I didn't know mm -hmm. that it was like a physical mm -hmm. 
like technique. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just to go into the educational aspect of it, so, um, so people can have a clear idea of what mermaiding means. Okay. So first of all, um, you know when you go into the water, when you go scuba diving, you got fins, one mm. on each foot, right? So mermaids have a monofin. So it's just like a dolphin-shaped fin where you put both your feet in and it propulses you through the water using the technique called the dolphin kick. That's, if you want to start mermaiding, the first thing I ask people to do is learn the dolphin kick. And, um, you, because without it, you can, I mean, without it, you can't really do much. Um, and, uh, so, Mm -mm 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 -mm. you need yes the monofin but then you've got the skin which is kind of like a pair of leggings you know in the shape of scales um some people okay so the cheapest one would be the spandex fins then you can upgrade to neoprene which doesn't stretch it's a lot more expensive you know starting in the 500 range spandex can go from 30 to like 150 bucks depending on quality and then you've got professional professional mermaids who have silicone uh, tails which start in the two thousand dollar range up to like 10 grand depending on the mer tailor wow. um yes so <laughs> there's a lot of mer tailors that are like fully booked for like the next two years it's 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 a it's a booming industry i'm telling you and um so a lot of people have like this uh, idea that mermaids are like a half fish, half woman thing. Um, and even like sirens have been mistaken for mermaids. So actually there's an, a diff many different mer species or mer tribes. And it's really up to the individual to kind of like identify on who they are. So I identify myself as a mer dragon fae. Okay, where my bottom part is, so my tail is actually a river dragon, and my top part is a fairy. So I, you can't really, I don't know if you see it there, but I've got my fairy wings that are like permanently tattooed on my back. Sweet. Right? Yeah, and awesome. uh, all of this, you know, like for example, in the Chinese story of creation, after the egg of the yin yang, opens up you've got the unicorn the dragon the phoenix and the turtle that come out representing the four elements the feminine energy and then uh the masculine energy represents everything that is matter and physical um creating the sky and the earth and, and all that is physical and then as the masculine pangu became the earth and the sky and everything around the feminine ended up being a half dragon woman right like this mermaid dragon mermaid type of entity just roaming around the earth alone and then finally is like well i want some little people i want some friends so she started sculpting little humans out of clay <laughs> we have another um mermaid creatrix in africa her name is mami wata she is the water spirit or mother water she is recognized as a mythical creature throughout much of africa with a rich assortment of art surrounding her and she is often portrayed as a more mermaid with the head and torso of a woman and the tail of a fish but can also take the form of a half woman half snake 
So has has mythology, um, the idea of the mermaid in mythology, popped up in like every, every culture, culture? In every, every culture, culture, really, like independently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got the Celts, you've got the Indians, you've got the Chinese. Um, you, even Native Americans have their own mermaid uh, stories. Actually, si sirens were actually uh, bird women. Really? That thing, yeah. Huh. Mm -hmm. They have feathered wings. <laughs> um, Do you know, is there also like a siren community? Siren. Um, we're rare. We're more rare breed. How big is the the mermaid, or like not even how big, but like how tight is the mermaid community? Is there like a big sense of kinship between between mermaids? Yeah, absolutely. Like um, for example, I've been doing mermaid initiations, where other women who are having mermaid dreams and wanting to tap into that energy. So, you no, know, I'll like introduce them to the culture and to the world, and then be like, "Welcome to the pod." Right, um, because when you identify as a mermaid, then it's 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 nice that you can like come together with sisters or brothers. Um, there's a pod in Quebec. There's a Canada mermaid pod. There's a British Columbia pod. There's a Alberta pod. Um, in New York, they have the mermaid parade every year. There's conferences happening at least three times a year throughout the world. Now there's this Miss Mermaid beauty pageant that personally I'm not very interested in. Mm. Yeah, that sounds like it's going exactly in the opposite direction of kind of the, the true intention. Yeah, absolutely. Describe. Absolutely. Yeah. So I feel, uh, I feel like all of these community, these kind of niche communities um, tend to have distinct uh, culture like you know burning man has a distinct culture and like okay. swing dancing people in swing dancing are gonna mm -hmm. have a different culture than people who are doing tango or something mm -hmm. so what's the, what's the culture in the mermaid scene like has a lot to do with i got my mermaid tail <laughs> okay <laughs> like honestly you go on these groups and and the, mo the most common topic is about where do i get my tail I'm selling my tail or, you know, my seashells are not sticking to my bra. Huh. Okay. <laughs> That's like, you know, mermaid problems. How to stick those mer, seashells. Mer drama. Mer, mer drama. world problems. <laughs> right? Drama. So I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm starting to give up on seashells and trying to like come up with other solutions. But um, I mean, yeah, I it's, it's it's expensive. Honestly, it's a very expensive hobby, sport, profession. Mm. Uh, just one mermaid bra, like out of silicone, is at least three hundred dollars. Jesus, I know. Yeah, that's wild. It's and do I, how often crazy. do you need to like repair them? Do they break and tear? Or are they really strong? Yeah, yeah of course. Everything. Nothing is permanent in this world. Like well, the only thing true, that's permanent but... is impermanence. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. But maybe certain ones last will last like ten years, which might be like you know, or no. Well, I mean, if tearing. ever you have a silicone tail that has a tear, you could just like you know mend it with more silicone, kind of like a bicycle tire, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, um, I guess it really depends on the person's deal with the retailer or whatnot, you know. Yeah. But there, there is a wear and tear. Like I have only a spandex tail, for example. I'll go swimming in it uh, three times and it already has all these little threads that are coming out. So. And it's still like unaffected if you're swimming in uh, salt water versus fresh water. No, silicone is dragon silicone. Actually, is very solid. It's 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 known for its durability. That's why yeah. it's expensive. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like there's you know if if that's really how it is, where these mer communities are, um, like that. I mean, that has to get boring after a while. Like, I can't imagine someone going like to a weekly mer event where the only thing they talk about is their uh, seashells for like four or five years, right? No, um, well, there, there, there is a whole industry, you know, like a lot of people um, in the community are actually thriving. Okay, so you got the hobbyists and then you got the professionals, okay. right? You can really tell them apart. So the mm -hmm. hobbyists are really just about um, having the look and taking, you know, Insta gold pictures and just getting a following or yeah, they're like they're gearheads, which is what you have in a lot of different um, kind of unique niche cultures as well. Well, you know, it's, it's fandom, you know, it's, it's just like the yeah, cosplay players, right. You know, when you're really passionate about something, you just want to live it fully. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but then you've got professionals who um, have like this deep, deep desire to just live it 110%. Right. And, you know, if you're going to go through the trouble of like buying a $5,000 silicone tail, I mean, you might as well go ahead and live it, do birthday parties, you know, try to get a gig at an, at an event and try to get your money back. Yeah. Right. Um, I just, I feel like, sorry. It, sorry. I'm, I'm just saying that I just, I just feel like it'll be a little bit selfish to keep it to yourself, you know, like, you know, when you're in the closet, like who wants to be a mermaid in the closet? Like you got to come out of the closet and share that magic with the world. Because like if, if it makes you feel good to incarnate this magical being, you know, imagine how how it would affect someone else, like a child who's, who believes in mermaids, you know, and then his parents are like, no, 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 mermaids don't exist. And then all of a sudden, there's a real mermaid. I can touch her. And then she'll carry that magical moment with her all mm. her life you know did you ever have any times when you're at your beginning stages of learning how to swim with, uh do you call it a monofin yeah, yeah. when you monofin. were when you were really like kind of probably first thing i guess it could have been at any point during your mm -hmm. your mermaid kind of section of your life but where you hadn't maybe fully quite learned or you were in a weird situation and a lake or the ocean or something and you got mm -hmm. like stuck somewhere or like you couldn't fit like maybe you were at the beginning of your studies and figuring it out and you like couldn't do it quite right and something went wrong or have you always like have you ever had any safety issues or have any have you ever had any students that have had any safety issues yeah okay so when i first got my tail i felt complete because i feel like with my my feet are useless i have a size four foot it really does not propulse through water okay so when I first put on my tail, I was like, ah, have a moment, you know? And I was like, I want to share this with the world, you know? <laughs> and um, yeah, look, I had a fluke of a fluke, 
literally a fluke of a fluke. Okay. Those are rare. I had like 30 tails that ended up on my front porch and I was like, where did this come from? Wait, all these all yes. these mermaid all these mer tails were just like on your front porch <laughs> one morning. You know, and I was like, this has gotta be an accident. I was like, what what happened? Company, like, I'm like, did you charge my credit card? <laughs> I was like, what's going on? You know, and and they're like, Yeah, oh actually, sorry, that was a mistake from our company, but uh can you pay us? I was like, uh, well, yeah, I'll pay you, but I don't have that money, but I will pay you because I want to keep them. Might, might as well, since they're already here, right? So therefore, I brought them to a festival. Gun, gun, gun. I really had this uh, image when you said there was a bunch of tails that showed up on my doorstep. Like, I thought they were like used tails. Like, I no, thought they were just, like random, got, like wet tails yo, that were on I, your... I, got, I got like three... In boxes, though. I got like three of each size. I can like... I got tails for like a four-year-old all the way to like Mr. And Mrs. Grandma, you know. I got I got all the sizes. So I was like, ooh. So then uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna share this with the world. And I brought them to a, to to a festival, and I put them on the beach, and you know, people were having a blast. You know, I call it the shoreline showtime. Okay, it's because you have you're at the shoreline, you're in the water, but you're not too deep, and it's enough to just kind of like get used to flopping around um and then you got people who were getting the hang of it and decided to get into the deeper waters and finally we had a pod that uh started to get the hang of it and we started doing laps from one end to the of, of, from one end of the lake to the other and uh and, and there was this one guy with a floaty you know like a big you know like a security guard type of floaty and i asked him hey can you come with us just in case okay just in case we have an emergency please come with us with the floaty and he did but he got really into it and he decided to get himself in a tail as well <laughs> and let the floaty float away so then one of the girls that was with us started having an asthma attack and she was, she was in, in the water. water she was in the water she was just like going oh. so i was like oh shoot like there's no way, I, like, if I take off my tail, I'm useless. So I'm keeping it on. And I decided to put her on her back, and I said, relax. I put her on her back, and I started supporting her like a mama whale. So I started I started swimming and doing this ondulation under her and, and keeping and holding her head above water and, and, and showing her how to move her body with my body. And telling her to relax and breathe because the breath in her lungs would would keep her afloat, and she would just keep her eyes closed and just give in to me, and 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 we we made it to shore. But that, but that was like wow. so scary. I was so scary, and like it was my first experience, you know, like with like a public or with people. I mean, these were all like festival goers, like uh, professionals, but still, I was like, I have to be careful. Yeah, I really yeah. have to be careful. And that was like because, a little kid, right? No, no, no. This was a grown woman. And oh, okay, okay. Like I used to work for this uh, mermaid school. I do not want to mention the name. Um, and the re because the reason why I quit was because there was no lifeguard on site, and the the tails that this company was using were falling apart. They were like disintegrating, wow. and all the monofins were always falling off. So I was like. <sighs> 
I spent the entirety of my classes just fixing these tails. And, and I was like, this is insane. Like some, someone's going to drown and I can't be responsible for this because I mean, I don't have my lifeguard thing and there has to be a lifeguard on site. And, you know, fair enough. When I left, um, there was, there was an incident where the father of the child had to jump into the water and, and fish out his kid who was drowning. No, I wasn't there, but like, I mean, that seems pretty wild that parents are like, yeah, we'll put our kids into this. No, 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 no. Parents, parents are definitely very vigilant with their kids. I've, I've seen well, it. But they're, but they're, well, that, yeah. no, that's fine. But I mean that they would like sign their kids up for a, 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 a MERS school that everything, it's all swimming related and there's no lifeguard. Yeah. yeah, that, well, that's up to the company. That's the responsibility of the pool and, and, and the school. Is that a legal requirement to have it a is lifeguard? A, it, it is a legal requirement to have a lifeguard, you know, right. so that's why I don't want to mention who these people yeah, are, okay. you know? Right. Um, um, so yeah, definitely, that sounds... you know, like I've, I've also had a close call, a close call. I mean, like um, in September I was at a, at a party, an Island party and um, my tails were on the beach. Thank God. I, I asked everybody, do not touch my tails if I am not with you. Okay. Because I do not want to be, like held responsible if anything happens and and there was one person who went on a floaty alone and she never came back wow and that just kind of like you know has marked me for life and and i'm just like tails or no tails any activity revolving water you absolutely need supervision you know, even me, like when I go out, I can't go out on my own. You know, even if I believe that I'm the best swimmer in the world. Which, uh. which you are, but anyway. I mean, <laughs> you know, like even though I think I'm like, yeah, I totally got this. I still I still need to like make sure somebody is watching over me. Mm -hmm. You know, because anything can happen. I don't know, like get a cramp or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing the... Yeah the juxtaposition between like the gentleness of water and just the massive power of it. Um, that really struck me when I was in, in Tulum, Mexico and on LSD at night <laughs> and uh, just sitting out like by the ocean and looking at it, like it's so massive and so powerful and like the source of all life and also like such like can easily, you know, destroy life. Yeah. I think the, yeah. That's that's why the the ocean and big bodies of water have yeah. so much mythology around them. Like yeah, and yeah. it always comes down to respect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Well, do you wanna do you wanna play a song for us? Yeah, I do. Okay, so <laughs> it's scary, you know, talking about the dangers of water and stuff. It always rattles me. But yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, this will be a little bit of a, a, a renewal in the in our session. Right. Okay. So I'm just gonna get a little a little sip of water. I'll be back in three seconds. Cool. Hmm. So here's my cup. Oh, that was it. That was, that was fast. This is my my merch self. So that's my tattoo. These are my wings. 
my braids oh, and my is this like custom made where it actually yeah. has your tattoo oh wow yeah, totally wow that's custom-made. really cool yeah so here it says um be still within your mind and open in your heart the path of one may seem alone but only from the start each day you walk this path know it's filled with love deep from within as well as from above did you write that yeah, it's from my song. Oh, great. You, you, play, you play a lot. Um, yeah, you know, I'll ask this question afterwards. You play whatever you'd like to play, whatever you whatever you feel right now. <laughs> okay. We're going to be happy regardless.
Oh, beautiful. Oh, my. Sorry, sir. I don't know why. I'm like, I'm ooh, feeling a little jittery. I think it's the coffee. <laughs> mm. Yeah, your your voice is, it has this like kind of classic old school jazz kind of voice. Like, it really reminds me of like, like 50s, um, like oh. swing women, uh, like, like swing female trio groups sorry i had a dirty person that came in from <laughs> a dirty person oh a dirty human yeah it was like a separate individual that just walked in and was dirty yeah oh, okay um i i actually have a couple questions that that yeah. song made me think of i mean i feel like i have a lot but i'm curious about actually the your the evolution of your singing voice like what was was your voice just kind of always like that like once you started to mm -hmm. or, or did you uh, like did you work on your voice intentionally have you been working on your voice or you just kind of have been singing and just kind of like flows organically and well i've always been a musical person um no i'm a disney kid i grew up on disney so like i have like this disney princess type of influence and most of the Disney music has always been jazz, mm -hmm. right? Like back in the day. And, uh, yeah. but I also grew up in church, right? So I have like this alto soprano type of like angelic mm, yeah. essence, right? So that it, I can go from the angelic waves to the 1920s type of vibe. Very, I've always been very jazzy um i have a hard time with like getting to the pop or hip-hop it's it doesn't fit yeah <laughs> jazz really jazz really scratches a certain itch for me it it has it has so much atmosphere around it um like i especially got into jazz from going to jazz clubs um especially like new orleans argentina and then krakow and poland has amazing like really 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 old jazz clubs and like jazz it, it really like it has a certain particular atmosphere whereas i feel like a lot of more modern pop music um it, it can kind of float in in any atmosphere like it kind of shifts with the atmosphere that's around it but jazz is a very particular vibe it's interesting that's the way i would have described um your voice the way you described it Neda. like the the jazz mixed with the kind of ethereal type of sounds. Yeah. Can I give you one that's like really jazzy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This one's called the uh, Dream a Little Dream. Okay. Is this one of is this one of your songs? Because isn't yeah. it also okay? What's that song? Um, is it called Dream a Little Dream of Me? Dream a little. No, dream. no this one's just Dream a Little Dream. Right. Okay. I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. Go, mm -hmm. go ahead. Okay. So. In this world, as we're sound asleep, we venture subconscious deep receiving hidden messages 
Showing us our greatest gifts Nightmares, they scare me so Cause I don't know where I'd go If I'd follow my fears down the rabbit hole Oh, 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 oh. Spirit, teach me how I can Overcome my defenses Walking the rainbow's way Walking lightly every day Great Spirit, teach me how To honor your Oh, light of my mind I dream a little Beautiful, so beautiful. Who, who wrote that one? You did? Jesus, that's so good. Man, why, you, why don't we have an album out? Hey, you know what? I'm a singer and I'm kind of like technically, like electronically. I mean, you had that one, like uh, at least one that was like full production, Let It Go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what? That that song was a product of love. You know, like 
there's this amazing man called uh, Steve Levine. And mm. I met him, heard me singing, and he was like, how has no one produced you yet? Yeah. <laughs> so he um, brought me into a studio. We did a one-take-wonder type of thing. And, uh, you know, he worked on it. And then I got a, a, a small grant from uh, the Quebec government so I can do my music video and get yeah. my website out. And... Great music video, by the way. Yeah. Um, Heck, you know what? That music video was like a two-year process. Because like, I had a full script. I had like the whole detailed scene one, scene two, scene three, you know? But after like four videographers... I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm like, I'm just going to let go of all of my preconceived ideas and all of my expectations and let's just wing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so we just went on the streets and we're like, all right, improv time. Boom. <laughs> I feel like, like, honestly, like you have, like, you're so charismatic and you have so much presence. I feel like that kind of thing works really well for you. You're like, you're a very physical person. Um, to the point where I actually wrote down the question, have you ever had classical mime training? Because <laughs> some of the way you, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, she, maybe she just doesn't want to tell you, okay? Yeah. Actually, no. Um, never had classical mime training. I have done theater for a few years. Hmm. But um, in regards to clowning, I, I did have a good friend, okay? Her name was Steph is, she's still alive, Stephanie Belanger. And uh, she was like, you got to let your inner clown out. And it really it was about authenticity. So we did a skills trade, right, where I taught her aerial silks. She taught me clowning. And um, I had a very basic clown character at first you know she was just a flowery type of clown didn't have any purpose you know she was it was just really about um letting loose and mm. not caring about the status quo how we should be you know and just being really expressive i mean i've always been really expressive but this was just like breaking that shell right yeah and um it was a lot of fun and then I just I took it from there and I decided to develop a very specific clown type, which is a, her name is Rainbow Warrior, and uh, <laughs> rainbow hair, rainbow eyes with a black nose, and her entire the entire outfit is made out of recycled materials that I picked up up off the street, so mm. I weave. Uh, an armor out of bicycle tires with pop tabs. Um, and I've got my shoulder armor, you know, kind of like a Joan d'Arc type. And I have like my bubble wrap skirt. It's it's really, it's really something. Now, again, with the intention of cleaning up the earth and making it fun. Yeah, yeah it's really, it's, so this is gonna at first sound like a, a strange comparison. But what you're doing with the mermaiding for the cause of um, environmental activism, it reminds me a little bit of 
there's this guy, uh, Shaft Uden, who uh, made the... So his group uh, was called the Fabulous of Unicorns. And there's... they He used, like, unicorn costumes to draw attention to, like, a polyamorous, hedonistic lifestyle. <laughs> and it was, like, very... Uh, joyful in the way in the way that they did it and they would go around like dressed as unicorns kind of in kind of a slightly culty way <laughs> which again i said i said that i know this is a weird comparison but i'll, I'll tie it in <laughs> at the end um but then they would get people coming up being like why are you dressed as a unicorn and then like they really believe in this polyamorous hedonistic cause and it would get them to talk about that and actually grow like grow a pretty big community around that and the mermaiding like that you're doing is kind of the same uh strategy but for an entirely different cause mm -hmm. obviously where someone anyone who sees you dressed as a mermaid like that's such a joyful thing to see it's it, and it it really i feel like that must inspire people to come up and talk to you and then it's that's like then a platform for your for your cause it's a it's a double-edged sword type of thing you know because <laughs> like um i mean it's, you know the mermaid is very alluring type of archetype so right. it's a fairy right and um you know fairies and mermaids have had this history of seduction um towards men in particular but also also had this alluring essence of magic that helps children maintain their innocence. So it's kind of like a bit of a paradox, right? So right. like when I, I'll go to birthday parties and and I have my seashells on and I'm all glammed up and all the kids are like, what? I want to touch your tail, you know? And all the guys are like, seashells, seashells. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're mentioning that over actually our call that we had the other day a little bit and like i don't know if we really talked about like how you end up managing that like in one specific scenario like if you're in what you're talking about not generally but like if we're just talking if you give an example like okay i'm at a birthday party and i am doing this and you how do you manage those two in the moment mm, well i make sure to have a bodyguard <laughs> pirate man with me. He's my muscle, you know, I can't get around with my tail. I'm like, on earth, mm -hmm. on land, I am useless when I'm in a tail. Okay, let's get real. Okay, I flop around <laughs> and I roll around and I'm just like. For all you listeners out there that thought <laughs> before in this whole conversation <laughs> that it was like totally okay to go around tail <laughs> on land, you've been, you're mistaken. Okay. Oh yeah, I need that man muscle, you know, so I'll always have like that one man pirate entity that's like the bodyguard type of type of person, you know, to make sure that, you know, people are respectful and, mm. you know, not being out of line type of thing. Yeah. yeah. One person that you, that's like the, he's like the, the person that always change all the time. It changes, you know, yeah. because people have their lives and people have their agendas and priorities. And let's get real, not everyone is like have you know, pirating on the first thing on their list. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, anybody who doesn't have that on is the first thing on their list has got to prioritize, my opinion. Yeah. I've been trying to get into that gig for years. I feel like there's a very long line. Um, so something that, that makes me curious. Um, so obviously in a, in a kid's birthday party, that's, uh, would be a very weird scenario to like sexualize the mermaid. Um, yeah, I try, I try, I try, like, I mean, physically it's like, it's, it just kind of speaks for itself, but you know, in my <laughs> energy and in the way I communicate, I really, all my, my entire focus goes to the kids. Right. You know, it's like the birthday girl or boy is like my main priority. And it happens that there are boys, you know, so I always have like this mermaid pirate theme, you know, where we try to go on a treasure hunt and, uh. And then there's like the dance party, you know, so everyone's like flipping their fins in the air and um <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's a very like playful, innocent vibe. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are there are there any any contexts where you um like to lean into like the the seductress energy of the of the mermaid? Like does that um, cross your mind? Is that a part of the allure for you? I mean I feel like it's just, it's a default type of status. I don't need to push it, right? Um, I feel like my main, my main focus are like the preteens because it's around that time, you know, when you're like 11, 12, when kids start to realize, oh, Santa Claus isn't real. Right. And there's like this big disillusion about the world when all the things that you believed in as a kid, all of a sudden your parents are like, well, you know what? Finally, mm -hmm. this and this and this and this isn't real. <laughs> you know, and uh, recently I've been getting into virtual reality and going into these like virtual hangout places like uh, VR chat or Altspace. And a lot of these kids are like between eight eight to between eight and 13 to think, you know, they say that VR shouldn't be before 13 years old, but you got a lot of people that are between eight and 13. You've got all of these kids are like talking about depression and like self harm and like suicide. And they're all, I remember being in this room with like four kids and they're all like, yeah, you know, I went through that too. And I had to take medication and I'm just like, ah! Ah! You know, so then I'm like, okay, you're, you're my main focus here, mm. right? Because it's also a time in our, in, in our lives where we're like, what's my purpose? You know, you're still, you're, you know, you're still under your parents. Mm, I don't say dominion. Purview. Yeah, you know, they manage your life. They tell you what to do, what not to do. But it's also a time in your life where you're asking a lot of like existential questions, right? And uh, high school graduation is right around the corner. <laughs> what are you gonna yeah. pick, right? So I feel I feel like if I can, you know, offer some clarity or just give that little boost of existential magic to someone, then it's worth it, you know. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and, I, and I like that you, that you, like there's all this, this random, like not random, but there's, yeah, whatever, random stuff that you do. Like a lot of, just a lot of stuff. 
um, and you're very good at all of it. And I like that it's it seems to be driven by like a deeper purpose. <laughs> um, and I also like that you you seem to you seem to follow you seem to follow your whims very um, very strongly. We're like you you'll have you're like I want to I want to learn uh, acro silks, and then you like jump into that, and then you're like I want to design a luxury bee condo, <laughs> and uh, and and like do that. Is there like do you have a lot of ideas and you're just like, like some of them you're turning into reality or do you tend to just have an idea and then you just, you just do, you just do it. I could tell you that I definitely have a, a beautiful bucket list <laughs> <laughs> and I can't do it all at once. Right. right. In the current realm of possibility. So, like I said earlier, I gotta pick my battles, and uh, there's only so much I can do in a day, and so only so much energy I have to give to one thing, or I can't divide myself in all these different places, right? So, um, to prevent myself of spreading myself thin, um, but uh, I mean, the bee condo just it took that one afternoon, and now it's just there, right? But uh, we built a, a chicken coop. Chickens take care of themselves. I mean, kind of, you know, we see, we go there twice a day, we keep we feed them, we clean their stuff, but then it's done, it's done, and we move on to other things, right? What's uh, what's high on the bucket list? Mm. Well, definitely getting my silicone mermaid tail <laughs> is up there, uh, but definitely there's like this um, financial freedom and uh but you know that's just like a means to an end type of thing what's high on the bucket list like number one number one thing is definitely producing my album i can't wait for that <laughs> sweet man so like i mean there's got to be i mean either some combination of like producers who are just like willing to do it pro bono or um doing a kickstarter or something because like you you really have the musical talent like mm. <laughs> i really want that album to be out there mm. i want to hear it same and uh i think it's it's just like to be completely honest the entertainment industry is just have oh man it's just taken such a big blow in in the recent in, in the last decade and especially now in covid mm. um for example uh, managers how many managers do you think still exist? Right? Every single person that I've ever met who is like, yeah, I'm a manager or I used to be a manager or like not I'm like, you know, Binder done that got the teacher, got the t-shirt type of thing, <laughs> moved on. You know, and I get it. You know, people don't want to babysit. You know, people don't want to like have to raise a child. You know, they want to work with a professional, you know, who's like a colleague or um Right. And what I, what I get a lot from people or from producers and managers is like they and I get the same response everywhere is like they expect me to self-produce and do all the kickstarting myself and build my fan base and, you know, get get the wheel turning on my own. And then once they see that stuff is moving, then I'll hop on board. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's. I'm a singer. 
I'm a performer. I'm I'm not a, a marketing and uh, strategist or um, website developer or um, like all of these different technical business stuff. Like yeah. Yeah. Although like at at the same time like where like certain aspects of being a musician are, are a lot harder than they um, than they were. There's also like a lower barrier to entry where, you know, say back in the 70s, like you needed to have a big producer like open the gates for you to even just record an album because the cost of recording was so high. And now like there are so many more people who actually have the ability to record at all. Um, that yeah like it it's at, at once harder like harder to make money but also easier to actually produce work that the world can hear yeah a big part of it though as well is that I mean, this is kind of I, I feel like just building on what you were saying dan is that there's just so much saturation like it's it's such an there's so much content mm -hmm. um out there and that for a small number of whether it's uh, a publicist or a manager or what have you, that there's a lot of talent out there. There's a lot of unique talent. And a lot of that unique talent is at least putting their stuff out there in some way, even if it's just like a video on YouTube or whatever. And it's so hard to get like, it's so hard to get like picked out. And, and for, I think for like, for a manager um, or like an A&R rep at a label, like artist and repertoire, like somebody that's like deciding, okay, yeah, this is something we want to put on a label to like sift through all that and really decide. So they're kind of like, okay, well, like these, this is the vibe I generally want. Now I got to just like go pick somebody that's already has tons of hits, already has a bit of a following. Mm -hmm. That might've been by chance, by the way, might've been partially by chance that like, for whatever reason, it started to pick up steam. Um, and then it's like, you know, even harder for a manager or an A&R rep or somebody to like, cause it's like, man, you're investing in this person um, and you better get a return, otherwise you can't feed your own family. Right. Um, and so if you do that with 10 artists, maybe one of them will like take off enough to, to, so that their percentage of, you know, what you, your percentage of what they're making is enough for you to feed your family, maybe. Um, mm -hmm. That's why I think people have to feel like really confident, which sucks for the artist, because it's like, as an artist, you should just be focusing on your art. That should be all that you're focusing on. But it's too, I think that's, it's kind of hard on both sides. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. This is the time to plug my yeah, product. Yeah, it's, it's a gamble. It's a gamble. Mm. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd get that. But, yeah, but there just like, there is the, the possibility and maybe not everyone is like, has the right type of Mine for it doesn't play into everyone's skill set, but there are people like uh, Julia Nunes is a good example. Which mm. I don't know if you, yeah, mm -hmm. we're just started playing uh, ukulele and writing songs and like self-producing basically demo takes for fun on YouTube, but then doing that a lot and getting really good at it until she like built up a YouTube following um, and like enough where she could self-fund an album just off of her fans and you know like stuff like that is possible in a way that wasn't at one time so 
right it's, but there's good and bad that no that's true but that that's a perfect example of like somebody that i don't know who this is but she, i'm sure she's very talented um but it sounds like she also kind of like understands maybe some of the nuances of like what she kind of needed to do to make that happen maybe she got a little bit lucky too mm -hmm. um maybe she just put her music up there and it just started to get hits but there's plenty of other talented people that put their music up there that might be and and they don't get hit so maybe she was doing some mm -hmm. like little other things that she kind of researched herself like figured out how to do and that kind of there's an advantage there's like a big advantage if you are a creative but you also have that kind of mm -hmm. that kind of mm -hmm. instinct or whatever um, natural mm -hmm. inclination to understand these types of things that you need to do to your music to get more of a following or whatever yeah pretty much well, it's about constant like constancy like the mm -hmm. daily video like um yeah. for example i know this one guy who's a streamer he's a gamer and he just paid off his mortgage from twitch and youtube yeah so every day he puts a video out on twitch he puts a video out on youtube and you know he's just talking about a game mm -hmm. that's it <laughs> it's just blah 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 game game and he was able to pay his mortgage but it's because he was there every day growing the following and just feeding content to the to the world and 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 it paid back so that's that's what i'm learning i'm like okay noemi you know you gotta get up there <laughs> you know it's like it, it, but the thing is like music for me it's not it's it's not a factory you know it's a it's a deep internal process yeah it's uh, it's stuff that i'm going through and then i have to kind of like digest this internal information and then put words to it in a poetic fashion that other people can also relate to you know um so me dealing with my shit and like going through my own processes can maybe also allow others to kind of like go through their own process and uh, I think it's really like yeah. your creatives are often caught between a rock and a hard place, kind of based on partially what you said, which is like, I met this guy a, a little while ago who's a photographer. And I think he's got like a little bit of a following, but he's trying to make it bigger. But he like really just wants to focus on like, he's really into photography. He's really into what he's doing. And he's even got a few ideas of like how he, he could actually build his brand. He wants it to be bigger. But he just hates the idea so much of like going and doing the digital marketing and the social media marketing that he needs to do and putting the content in certain places where he doesn't want to and he doesn't want to bother people to like do things for him, do certain favors. And there's all sorts of things that get looped into this. And I was trying to talk to him like, OK, well, you can hire somebody to do those things for you, but you need to pay them um, because this is their time. This is their work that they're doing this. And he was like. Yeah, but like, I don't have money to do that. And he, and I was like, well, do you know how to do these things? He's like, yeah, but like, I just really don't want to. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, I don't think I have any answers for you. Cause it's like, um, get it. Like you just, well, the whole, the whole payment thing has, has definitely been a big issue, you know? Cause like every, every time someone approaches me and they're like, we really want you to come and perform at our festival pro bono. Like, mm. yeah, but I have to pay gas, you know, food. That side you know. of payment, I mean, that's a whole different kind of conversation. And then, you know, or or like, for example, like a brand ambassador. Or something. You got companies, you know, looking for a brand ambassador. And I'm like, all right, 
oh, I can be your brand ambassador. Send me the contract. And they're like, no, no, here's your promo code. You get 20% off any product you want. You take a picture of yourself and you and you you send it to us so we can you know and you can so you can grow your following through our page. I'm like, wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. I'm confused. You want me to pay you so I can promote your product? That doesn't make sense. That's like definition, Google, define, brand ambassador, clearly states a company that pays a celebrity to promote his products. Right? And so this is like constantly, like all the time, right? Where um, people out there just kind of like expect artists to give themselves out for for free with no return. And even um, you got, you know, places that would tell me, um, oh, but it will pay you $20, but I promise it's worth it because you're going to get a real like professional HD video that you can use to promote on your website. Like, you know, like, yes, I think about it, I'm like, yeah, you know, I think I could really use that, that video. So mm -hmm. I, so like, I always, when I go to these $20 gigs, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give them my new hot stuff. I'm going to give it all I got because that video, I'm going to be able to use it. And then I don't get the video. Well, that, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you because, know? Like, I mean, do you, when you're going into that, do you actually like sign a contract that where it stipulates? I think like personally, if it were me, I would, I would do that. I would, if I were in your position, I would work for videos because that is very valuable. Like a professional video that's worth hundreds of dollars. Um, and, but I would make like a legal contract and say like, if we're going to do this and you're not going to pay me dollars, like you still have to sign a contract and that's the deliverable and make it like a legal, um, something that's legally binding. Yeah. So that, that is definitely something I, I've been, you know, pushing more and be like, okay, you know, here's the contract. But then the moment the word contract comes onto the table, people are like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, that, that's no. It's it's part. It's part of the game. I yeah. Think, yeah. And um, it it definitely just makes me real. It reevaluate why, why we're doing this. You know, why 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 are we in this process? And um, my personal conclusion is like, it's a product of love. You know, um, I'm out here. It's good for me. Music is my medicine. Circus is my physiotherapy. And and the two together is what's allowing me to bring the community together mm. and to support others through their own process. So, um, yeah, like I'm just gonna put my content out there. It touches people, great, you know. If, if, they, if people are able to connect with my music, they're able to connect with my spirit. And when your spirit connects with my spirit, that's what makes us family. Yeah. Keeping it out there, yeah. I, I think I think there can be an audience for you. Like I really mm -hmm. like I really like your Instagram, your, mm -hmm. your YouTube contents. It's really top notch. <laughs> um, can I give you one last song? Yeah, of course. Okay, so this one is called Catholic School Girl. It's my favorite. I just uh, want to let you know um, that I am I, I am like Catholic, but at the same time, I, I have a very open spirit. I like to integrate lessons from every spiritual path um so if there are any christians out there please 
do not take any offense okay i love you you guys are awesome like mr jesus over here okay you're my homie okay here we go I've ever heard that one. 
Oh, no. On fire. <laughs> All right, ladies and Nida, uh, where do the good uh, where do the good people find you? Oh yes, <laughs> you got Facebook, you got Instagram, uh, kind of a SoundCloud, but <laughs> there's some stuff on SoundCloud. Yeah, and um, now I have a presence on Altspace VR, so I'm starting to do VR concerts. Right. And oh, uh, yeah, um, and I don't know if you mentioned Instagram, but that's on there too. And mm -hmm. is it is just ladies and Ida or ladies and Ada yeah. for all of them? Well, yeah, Z E N A I D A. Right on. That's Look right. her up. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming Thanks on. So much, ladies and Ida. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a great pleasure talking with you guys. Thank yeah. you so much for your mer curiosity. <laughs> Thanks for your information <laughs> and, um, and for sharing all those songs. That was really very, very mm -hmm. special. All those were very special treats. Um, do you have anywhere uh, where you've posted the lyrics to your songs? Like those, you have a lot of lyrics. I can't believe you've memorized mm -hmm. as many lyrics as you have. Other, both other people's songs, I know you've memorized a lot of you know, covers and whatever, but your own songs, of course. Um, do you have any of these anywhere? I do. I do. Uh, I mean, I do have a blogger where I just kind of like, I call it my, my compost bin. <laughs> right? I just write and it's, it's on there and then I'll just go fish in the compost bin for song making material. And sometimes I'll just fuse poems together, but there is no specific location where it's like, this is the song. These are the lyrics, but Upon your request, I can definitely make it happen. Mm. <laughs> I think people would appreciate that. I know I would. Oh, yeah? Oh, well then. Yeah, definitely. I would love to dig into your lyrics a bit. I'll make sure it's there before Christmas. Okay. <laughs> That's a reasonable deadline. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Sorry to have ruined the, uh, the send off. Yeah, <laughs> God damn it. it. That was going to be such a good send off. It was, it was running smooth. You, you want to do like one verse, just like let's, let's like sing one line to to send us off into the ethers. You can just sing like a uh, one word or sing one note. Aloha. <laughs> All right. I like <laughs> Aloha, brother. Cool. Love um, you. Cool.